Yeah, why don't you take a seat and we're going to uh, start here. Well, we are uh, we are really delighted uh, tonight to uh, have a a speaker, a friend. He has uh, spoke before at Resurgence uh, about a year and a half ago in, in May, and his name is Richie, and he's from uh, Calgary. He pastors a church called Imagine Church, and I just feel before Richie, uh, Richie's going to come, but I believe tonight in prayer, the Lord just spoke to me about praying for Calgary. And I believe that uh, as Richie comes, Richie, would you just come and, and in a moment we'll welcome you. But come and before you do, we just want to, we want to pray in the Calgary. And uh, we have talked as a ministry about Calgary and, and we just, we just feel so, uh, Richie, why don't you just come, we're just going to pray. And, uh, and also, why don't you just extend your hand forward and we're going to pray for Richie, but also pray for Calgary. I believe God wants to do something powerful in the churches, in the lives in Calgary. God is in the move in Alberta. And so, God, right now, we thank you for Richie. We thank you for the word on his heart. We just honor him and and just, God, welcome him to resurgence. But, God, we pray for his city. We pray for Calgary. God, we pray for the flames and, and the flames in Calgary, God. They need help. But, God, we pray for a fire, a fire in Calgary to be birthed in churches across the region from northeast, southeast, northwest, southwest. God, all across, all four quadrants of that city, we call forth revival in Calgary. Revival, God, in His church. Imagine church, God. We just pray a blessing over them and a shift in this season. God, we thank You for leaders that You're bringing, and we call for just breakthrough in all that You're doing in His church. And so, God, I thank You that He's here tonight, and it's not an accident, God, on this this Jewish holiday, God, the the atonement, that day, God, I thank You that it's when You visited... uh, the Holy of Holies. It was that uh, time. And so, God, we thank you that Richie is here, that we are meeting together in Edmonton for such a time as this. And we just, uh, God, we welcome what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Richie a warm welcome tonight. Come on. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Frame for the Oilers. Is that what you said? (laughs) I was going to say, I think the Oilers have done worse than the Flames as of reset, you know. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, I'm originally from Virginia, and um, I moved to Calgary about four years ago, which is really funny um, because uh, when I first got saved, um, I felt about maybe eight months in, God I had an encounter with God, and, and he called me to, to go do missions around the world, and and I kind of jokingly, but not jokingly, said, "God, I'll go anywhere in the world for you, but please don't send me to Russia." And uh, uh, and the only reason that I said that was because uh, to me that was the frozen tundra. And uh, I like to say that God has a sense of humor because uh, I forgot to say Canada, and uh, and here I am. I'm married a Canadian, and I live in the frozen tundra. <laughs> uh, so, so. So here it is, you know, the only reason I could see that God would send me to, 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 the, to the frozen tundra is, is to bring fiery revival. Come on. How many people believe that, that uh, you're a revivalist? How many people believe that you're a revivalist because the ultimate revivalist lives on the inside of you? You might not feel like a revivalist all the time, but that's okay because your best friend is, and he lives on the inside. Come on. Look at your friend and say, you're a revivalist. 
Come on. Look at your friend and say, I'm a revivalist. Come on. <laughs> it's just true. I believe in declaration. Matter of fact, right now, somebody, you have a, you have a, um, you have a, your right ear is ringing and it's stopped up. Who is that? You have a right ear problem and it's stopped up, maybe an inner ear infection as a result of that. Does anybody in here have that condition? Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, God is going to open up your ear. Is it opened up right now? Come on. Awesome. Was it closed when you came in? It was closed during worship, and it's opened up right now. Come on. That's just good. <laughs> See, nobody even had to pray for her. Just God's doing stuff, you know. Isn't that easy? It's just the Holy Spirit. Um, if you're not familiar with what I just did there, I just uh, operated in a prophetic gift called the Word of Knowledge Prophecy. All it simply is is uh, that I know the Holy Spirit, and He knows you, and He knows different conditions. And at times, He will speak to me um, a, a word of knowledge so that I know something that I couldn't have known unless he revealed it to me. And the reason that he does that a lot of times is because one of the greatest human needs on the planet Earth is to be known. Just, just to um, make, make it, just declare this, is that New Testament prophecy is positive, it's encouraging, it's edifying, it's always, it's always will uplift you. Uh, God's not just revealing all the dirty laundry in people's lives. <laughs> Amen? Like, he actually, it doesn't take prophetic people to see the dirt in people's lives. It takes prophetic people to see past the dirt and to see the gold in people's lives. <laughs> so I like to say prophecy in its purest form is mining through the dirt and finding the gold and speaking to that. And if we can speak life into those things, we call people out of the gutter and into the light. Come on, because repentance is simply this. Repentance is not a bad word. Repentance just simply means re return to the penthouse. Return to the highest and best. It's like people are walking around and living in the gutter, but God's like, no, you're, you're created for greatness. You're created for glory. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but did you get that? We, were all, we fell short of the glory, but we were created for the glory. Come on. If you don't believe me, some people say God would never share his glory with another, but I got good news for you. You're not another. He said that they would be one in me and I would be one in them. John 17, Jesus said, the glory which you've given to me, I've now given to them. Come on. Come on. Isn't that true? Open it up. It's in your Bible. It's John 17. I'm not preaching heresy. I'm just preaching the words of Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's, and like, it's, it's almost too good to be true news, isn't it? That's what gospel means. Almost too good to be true news that the Holy Spirit, the, the living God who created everything, would live on the inside of us. That is incredible news. Uh, everywhere that I go, I think I said this the last time that I've been in resurgence and God just hasn't lifted it off my heart. He tells me to go tell the church that we have to start taking advantage of our advantage. In John 17, Jesus, or is it John 16, Jesus says this, um, it is to your advantage that I go to the Father. You guys are sad because I say I'm going to the Father. He's talking to the disciples. They've been walking with him for three years now. They've seen so many miracles, they can't even put them all in a book. And so how many people know that Jesus was a great advantage to the disciples' lives? If you don't know that, I'll tell you a quick story. The Sons of Thunder, which is uh, James and John, they're walking through a town of Samaria, and, and because they're not hospitable, simply they just, they're not hospitable, um, 
they want to call down fiery judgment. They say, hey, do you want us to call down fire on them in, in brimstone like Elijah did? Like they used their Bible. They understood the Bible. They knew the Bible like Elijah did. They actually understood their authority. Notice how they, they said, they didn't say, do, do you want to call down fire, Jesus? They said, do you want us to call down fire? They knew their authority. That, that's great faith. That's more great faith than most Christians today have. Like, they actually believed that they could call down fire and it would happen and destroy an entire town. Like, that's great faith. Had great faith. Knew their authority. Knew their Bible. Yet, Jesus said, hey, hey, that's a bad idea. Like, for this, you don't know what spirit you're of. See, they didn't know what spirit they're of. For the Son of Man didn't come to kill man's life, but to save man's lives. How many people know that um, that was a great advantage to the disciples? Like, can you imagine getting to heaven? Oops, I just burned up the entire town, and it wasn't the right thing to do. And you might use your excuse, but it was in the Bible, but Elijah did it. How many people know that Jesus was a great advantage in the disciples' lives? Not only that time, but countless times. But you know why he was a great advantage for them? Because they listened to him. You say, of course they did. It's Jesus Christ. No, but how about this? Jesus said this. It's to your advantage that I go to the Father because if I go... You're sad because I say go to the Father, but I'm telling you, it's to your advantage that I go to the Father because if I do, I'll send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is only your advantage if you listen to him, if you're obedient. So everywhere that I go, that, that God is telling me to tell the church that we have to start taking advantage of our advantage, which is the Holy Spirit. Come on. How many people came to the Holy Ghost movie? Was it last week? You guys did that? Just raise your hands if you came to the Holy Ghost movie. Come on. My word has to do with that uh, tonight. I had a dream. I had a dream um, this this morning I was dreaming and I, I want to preference this with um, that I don't particularly get words this way uh, particularly if, if somebody asks me to speak I will pray about it all week long I will ask the Holy Spirit I will ask God all week long for a word and, he, and, and most of the time not all the time most of the time he will not speak to me all week long I spend time with him but he won't and about 30 minutes to an hour before I get on the stage, he'll begin to speak to me. Sometimes not even until I begin to go on the stage. That's just me. I'm not saying that everybody, that's the, who, they, who they are. But typically that's me. And so this word tonight is, is, is unique in that um, God gave me this word through a dream. I was dreaming this morning. Um, I was staying at Gabe's house. This is my friend Gabe. Gabe, raise your hand. Raise your hand. He's amazing. Um, I was staying at his house, and my kids were in another room uh, right across the hallway. And uh, their door is kind of tight, by the way. And, um, and, and it's actually a good thing because when you shut the door, like, you can't really open it very easily. And so my, my daughter wakes me up because she can't open the door, and she's, like, screaming, crying. She's, like, stuck in the room. But before that, I'm dreaming. And as I'm dreaming, I'm speaking here. In my dream, I'm speaking at Resurgence. And I'm speaking the message that I'm going to share tonight. And uh, I'm, I'm awoken by my wife saying, hey, Abby's awake, Abby's awake, you know. And uh, I'm in the middle of this dream. So I walk over there, and it's too early for my kids to be awake. And so I'm like, they're, they're sharing a room, which is funny, um, because they never share a room. <laughs> so if one wakes up, both wake up kind of thing. So I walk in, and I'm like, hey, lay down. We're going to go back to sleep. Yeah, not. Um, 
So I lay, I lay down with them, and as I'm laying down, I'm not really sleeping, but bam, I'm right back in the same encounter I was in my dream, and God finished the word. Um, so I'm excited for this word but, um, about what God wants to do. I also believe that God wants to heal bodies um, tonight. Can you just stretch forth your hands? How much time do I have, um, Travis? Okay. Can you guys just stretch, uh, you, you might regret that, talking to an evangelist and, and telling him he doesn't have any time restraint, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, just stretch your hands out towards me. We're, and this is my prayer, actually, on the way here. And it was confirmed a couple times through pre-prayer, a couple words that were given to me during pre-prayer, but uh, that God wanted to, to answer this prayer. But my prayer when I came here um, was that... Um, that I would be like Jesus and that I could be, that the words that I would speak would be the words that I hear and that I would only do what I hear him, I would only say what I hear him saying, I would only do what I see him doing. Um, and, and so just pray for me that I have so much in my heart and I only want to do what he's doing. You know, I only want to do it in the order that he wants to do it. And so Holy Spirit, we just pray together, uh, help me. Help me to be led by you, Holy Spirit. You are our advantage. Help me to hear you. Help me to communicate what you want to say tonight. Father, Holy Spirit, we just say you, you have your way. We give you free reign in our life. We give up our right to understand everything right now because your word says in 2 Corinthians that the things of the Spirit were foolishness to the natural mind. So we give up our right to understand right now everything that's happening and we say if it's you we want it amen come on come on so that whole thing i was talking about with words of knowledge throughout the night i might say some different things like that whole thing by the way we need to really celebrate that god opened up her ear come on why don't we just celebrate that that's just amazing yay god come on i i find that thanksgiving always brings increase how many, how many people know that Jesus told the, the young boy, give me all that you have, which is prophetic. He, he, how many people know that Jesus could have multiplied one fish and one piece of bread? But he didn't ask for just half of it. He asked for everything he had. And, uh, and Jesus, it says that Jesus gave thanks and blessed it, and then it multiplied as the disciples went. Thanksgiving, that's a principle in that. Thanksgiving always brings increase. And so any time that God begins to heal somebody, it doesn't even need to be the full 100% miracle. Like, that's a miracle right there. Like, her ear was shut. Now it's open. That's like instantaneous miracle. But 80% of the time when you see healing in the Bible, it's progressive. It means it's not a miracle. That doesn't mean that we're not pressing in for the miracle. But the moment that we even get a slight bit of breakthrough, like it's just a slight bit better, we, th- we are so thankful. We, be- we begin to be radically thankful. Not, not how we feel, not, not, but no, on purpose, we activate self-control. Self-control is the fruit of the Spirit, meaning I can control myself by the Spirit. It doesn't matter what I feel. I activate self-control, and I become radically thankful on purpose because I know that thanksgiving always brings increase. And the reason that I'm thankful is because the promise of God is that any good work that he begins, he finishes to the end. So if he's began it, he's going to finish it to the end. So I have something to really be thankful for. Amen? Do not despise small beginnings. Come on. So throughout the night, what happened there is I got a word of knowledge. I've got 
Let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 different words of knowledge for healing tonight, uh, for different things. I believe that God wants to heal people all over this room. I want to say that in advance because I do know that at times it's getting late, that you might feel like you need to leave, and that's fine if you feel that way. But I do want to let you know that God is going to heal people this evening. And so if you're able to remain, uh, then remain, because especially if you're sick or if you have something wrong with you, um, and, it doesn't, and it isn't just relegated to 13 things, I believe that God wants to heal everybody. The reason I believe that God wants to heal everybody in this room is because Jesus Christ is perfect theology. What do I mean by that? If you want to know about God, look at Jesus. He is the exact image of an invisible God. Every attribute of God is seen in Jesus. His character, his nature, everything. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. As a matter of fact, if you have a theology or a belief system about God that you cannot see in the person of Jesus, then you have the right to question that belief. You actually need to question that belief. And so Jesus Christ, never in his ministry did, he, did you ever see that all were not healed that came to him. Come on. It's just true. Open up your Bible and read it. Every person that Jesus prayed for got healed. So God's will is perfectly expressed through Jesus Christ. So I am pressing in for that. Even though I haven't seen that in every meeting that I've been involved in, that is the standard that I'm going for. I do not, I do not um, change my belief system that God wants to heal everybody based on my lack of experience of that. I'm actually trying to change my lack of experience to match what I see in the life of Jesus. Come on. Yeah. This is true. Uh, so I believe that God wants to heal all in this room this evening. Um, will you guys believe with me? Because he doesn't want to, he, he wants to do it through you. Come on. This is true. Jesus. I want to be faithful to the word that God gave me. Um, this whole Holy Ghost movie, um, what did you say, about 350 people or, or more came out to that event last week? Um, what would happen if 350 people saw that movie, but not only saw that movie, but something possessed them of possibility that what you saw in Todd White's life, that what you saw in all these other individuals' lives on that video, you understood that that same Holy Ghost that's in them is in you. And what would happen if 350 people in Edmonton were activated in the moment? They actually, they actually took the anointing that's with that movie, the prayers that were prayed over that mo- movie, and they, and they were faithful with what was given and what was imparted. What would happen in Edmonton if 350 people for an entire week began to operate as a lifestyle of following the Holy Spirit, of being obedient to him? I want to submit to you that we at least see 350 salvations in one week. That's, that's if you only led one person to Jesus. I want to submit to you the world has yet to see, one of the great revivalists said, the world has yet to see what God could do through one individual that was completely surrendered to the Holy Spirit. I want to submit to you um, that God wants what you're, he wants to pour out what you're asking for. This resurgence, as I was praying through this, I, this, this resurgence, this gathering of people, you guys have been praying for more, you've been praying for revival for your city, and God wants to pour that out. 
But here's the word that he gave, because we've been praying that same prayer at Imagine. There's the word that God gave me, and I felt like he restirred it in my heart. And then this, this morning when I was dreaming, I was preaching this message. Um, God wants us to be faithful with what he's given us. I know that you guys have been pursuing encounters. That's been one of the things that you guys have been talking about, is just having an encounter so that you can become an encounter. Having an encounter with God and the importance of having a personal encounter with God. Um, and, and I believe that most of us, if you're saved this evening, you've had an encounter with God. And you probably have multiple. It's just what do we do with those encounters? How are we faithful when we get off the floor? How, how do we steward our encounters? And so tonight's message is all about stewarding the encounters that we've had. Come on. It's just true. I, I, I really felt like um, I really felt like I was reminded um, of a few different things. And, and by the way, I have a little note here. Um, I wrote down Army. I, I completely forgot that the vision of, of resurgence was based in um, that prophecy in Ezekiel about bones. And this morning, when I—I I mean, this this evening, when I was walking around over here, I was I was reminded of an encounter that I had uh, with the Holy Spirit. One of the first messages I ever preached, I preached at a youth group, and I'm in the back in a prayer in a prayer room, and I was reminded of, of this encounter when I was walking here. And as I'm in the back of the uh, room, the, I saw a whole valley of dry bones, and uh, the Lord began to speak to me about an army, and He said, "Richie, I've called you to be a general." over my armies and I saw thousands and thousands and thousands of people and and I was preaching to thousands of people and it was an army and the Lord reminded me of that and I began to prophesy over here this is an army this is an army everybody in here is an army we have enough people in this room right now that if the Holy Spirit comes fills you up and you determine in your heart to be faithful with whatever he does in your heart whether it's whether it seems like it's small or whether it's massive and you're, and you're charged up with electricity and you're rolling all over the floor and you have no control of yourself because the power of God comes on you or whether you don't hardly feel anything but you know that God touched you in your heart. If you're faithful with whatever he does tonight, I believe that there's enough people in this city that we could see, uh, we could see this entire city in full-on revival in a day. Why not? Why not? Come on. Imagine, how many people are here? 150, 200 people? Imagine 200 Jesuses descending on Edmonton. How long would it take for the entire city of Edmonton be, to be in full-on revival? Come on, it's just true, man. I, I have a vision for that. If you want, go ahead and turn, it, turn in your Bible. Um, go ahead and turn in your Bible uh, with me. Um, we're going to start... In Luke twelve thirty two, just really quick, I've got a few quick ones. Um, Luke twelve thirty two. Thank you, Jesus. Lost my space here. Luke twelve thirty two. This is what it says. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not fear, little flock, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sometimes I think that we don't realize, actually, it's God's, it's His good pleasure to give us revival. It's His good pleasure to give us the kingdom. 
And Matthew 7, that's another scripture that I have written down. I'm just going to quote it for the sake of time. But it says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall found. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. And it goes on and it says, for who among you has a son that if his son asks for bread, we give him a stone. If he asks for an egg, we give him a scorpion. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the Holy Spirit. I think that's important to note because we've been asking for revival We've been asking for an outpouring. We've been asking for more. And it's God's good pleasure to give us more. But here's the thing. God is a good steward. He is a good investor. He's good at, dis- at discerning who- what to invest in. And here's what I felt like God said to me. Um, I had a word. I had a word that co- to confirm this, and I'll share this uh, with, a, with a prophetic individual in my church. He's a type of individual that you, would, uh, that you wouldn't really expect this accurate of a word to come from all the time. He's, like, always getting in trouble because he's being disruptive and laughing out of order. And, like, we just love him, but he's, he's, just, he's, a, he's a wild man. He's just so wild. And we love him for it, but he's wild. And he writes me this... Uh, Text, he, he writes me a Facebook message, and he says, Richie, are you, are you ready to receive what you've been praying for? And he goes on to describe this man that he's in, a roommate with, and this man was complaining about not being able to pay, pay his bills because he couldn't get any jobs. He's in construction, and he couldn't get any jobs, and he was complaining. And in that moment, the Spirit of God fell on my friend, and um, he begins to prophesy um, to his buddy, and he says, are you ready to receive what you're praying for, because I don't think you're ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. God's getting ready to give you more than what you've been asking for. And so the very next day, now this man couldn't get work for like months. The very next day, he got all 13 contracts that he bid on. He got them all. All at once, he got them all. He didn't have enough employees. He didn't have enough money in the bank to buy materials. Like, he didn't have enough tools to do it all. And here is, here is Rob's word. Get ready because the tsunami of God's presence, what he didn't realize is just two weeks earlier, right before we showed the Holy Ghost movie, uh, we, showed the, we showed the movie to our leadership team so they could serve on the night of the event. And, um, excuse me. and uh, at that meeting, we were praying at the end, and the power of God came on me, and I began to prophesy that, that there was a great wave. There was a great, huge wave coming of God's presence, and it was going to crash over Alberta. It was going to crash over Calgary. And uh, he said, there's a tsunami coming. There's a tsunami coming. Get ready. Get your surfboard ready because he's coming. Get the, he says, uh, make sure you have the lotion for the kids. Is somebody there to watch the kids? Make sure you have your wax, your board. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. And I believe that worries for you guys as well. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I believe in what you're doing as far as community. Every, I, every, everywhere I go, I talk about this as well, that God's idea of government is family. God's idea of government is family. Communing together. Come, unity, communing together. If you open up the book of Acts, it says they met from house to house. I know that Trav, Trav said some people don't like that. It's kind of weird or whatever. But I, I want to I submit this to you that they met from home to home. This community gathering here is just... More than like, I know Travis's heart is supposed to be catalytic to you guys actually liking each other <laughs> and then carrying it on because this is only four weeks. 
What would happen if you just actually began to like each other and began to hang out from house to house? Because in the book of Acts, it said that they, that they continued in the doctrine of the apostles and they met from house to house and uh, breaking bread and numbers were added daily. People were getting saved daily. Because God's idea of government is family. He's looking for a family. One way that you can get ready for the revival is create family dynamics. This whole thing is prophetic to, to getting ready for the coming move because God doesn't want to birth new believers in, to be orphans. You see, because I was seeing many people saved and set free on the streets of Chico, but I wasn't connected with the local church and had nowhere to plug them in. So here's all these orphans running around. When, and I was, myself got saved when I was 11 years old and wasn't discipled. And so for the next uh, seven years of my life, I went through hell. Literally, literally had 18 felonies, um, got in and out of jail, all this kind of stuff happening in my life because I, I didn't get plugged into family when I got saved. It's God's idea for the church to be a family. So one way that you can get together is intentionally come to this community thing. Seriously. If, you, if you're p- believing for revival, do that. And create a space so that when people get saved, they can get plugged in. They can get fathered and mothered. And they can have brothers and sisters around them. Amen? Come on. Come on. It's just good. Okay, we're, we're going to read this scripture. It's going to be a bit long, but this is, this is the word that I, I really felt like God's placed on my heart. So, and, and then we'll, kind of, we'll, we'll try to move as quickly as we can. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. We're going to start, we're going to start in verse... Um, Verse 14. Matthew 25, verse 14 says this. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. Say more. Also, but he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he had received the five talents, came and brought five. So he who received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He who also had received two talents came and said, Lord, you had delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. A few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Who'd like to enter into the joy of your Lord? Come on. Then he who had received the one talent came and said to the Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid that talent in the ground. Look, 
There you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have it deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received my own with interest. Therefore take that talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant in the outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this is a, this is a parable that Jesus said, and it, and it starts out this way. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man. The kingdom of heaven is like. He's sharing a story with us so that we can get a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's talking about being faithful with what's been given. Come on. You see, I got saved when I was 11 years old at a Baptist church, First Baptist Church in Newport News, Virginia. I got saved because my mom would take us in and out of church every now and then. If uh, She was codependent at the time. And um, so if she would break up with the man and her heart was broken, then we would go to church for a little while so that she could have some sort of hope and then if she and pretty soon after that maybe a couple weeks she'd find a different boyfriend and when that happened then we wouldn't go to church for a little while but on christmas and on easter and 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 on uh vacation bible schools and things like that and so on one christmas uh, dr james white was preaching a message and it was just a clear gospel and i felt the presence of god come over me my le- my legs went completely numb and um, I knew I was supposed to get saved. I knew at 11 years old that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. I m- have missed the mark, and I need a Savior. And I realized that I, I was born for this. And um, so my mom looked at me. She said, I was as white as a ghost. And she said, Richie, do you, do you, what's wrong with, with you? And I said, I, I need to go up. Nobody got saved that day after his message. By the time I walked up there, the pastor was already in the aisles shaking people's hand and nobody had responded to the gospel. And I came around and I tapped him on the back and he turned around at me and I never forget the look on his face. His eyes glassed over as he began, his eyes filled with tears as I said to him, I need to get saved. You see, there's some pastors and leaders that are in here and you don't realize, you might think you preached a bad message, but only one got saved. That turned out to be me. And I've now seen hundreds and hundreds of people saved. Somebody needs to hear that. Just be faithful and with little. <laughs> You're faithful over the few. And, um, but my mom never took me back to that church. I'm, I'm confident that if we did, then I probably would have been discipled because that's the glory of the Baptist church. They understand fellowship. God told me that every different denomination has a different glory. And if we learn to honor it, then we'll receive the benefit of that move of God. The Baptists really understand, amongst other things, fellowship and family. And if we can learn from them, it says that when Baptists meet, we eat. (laughs) Come on. If we can learn from them, um, then we receive the benefit of what they've got, their breakthrough that they've had. The Baptists also have a love for the word. It really implanted in me, and I needed that family during that time. But I never... never, I never went back, so I didn't get discipled. And then I got saved when I was 18 years old at my job painting with a bunch of radically saved African-American guys. And I'm just painting uh, apartment buildings. And the first crew that I was on in my painting company was uh, a lot of guys who were addicted to crack and cocaine and, and, and drunks, which is what you typically get on a lot of the trades. Who's, who's in the trades? 
you kind of know that that's something that's pretty typical. Um, and uh, by God's grace, I got switched over to this other crew, and uh, it was a bunch of radically saved African-American guys that had been saved in jail. The first guy got saved in jail. He got out, led all of his buddies who were drug dealers to Jesus. And, um, and so I got saved listening to gospel music. Like, good, like, I, to this day, it's my favorite type of worship music. I just love to sit in that. Um, but I can, um, I can remember as soon as I got saved, I would go to the streets. I would pick up guys who were hitchhiking. I had no, none of these gifts of word of knowledge that I now move in. I didn't know how to pray for the sick. I didn't, I, I didn't have a whole lot of power going through my life or anything like that. All I had was passion to give away what had been given to me, which was the salvation of Jesus Christ. I had hope. I did have passion. And it, that passion led me to do something. And I would pick up guys on the side of the road, and I would drive them. I remember a guy, one time I was driving down the road on a two-lane highway, and there's this big median, and then there's two lanes going this way, and there's a church over here, a big church. And as I looked over, I saw this guy, and he was flipping the bird, the one-finger salute to the church as he was walking down the road as a hitchhiker. And I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to run right through the median and turn around and offer to give him a ride. Hey, you want a ride? I didn't know that he was going to pee in my seat and all that kind of stuff. But I ended up ministering to, I ministered Jesus Christ to this guy. And, um, and dropped him off at his, at his, at his uh, location. And I loved on this guy. And he, had a, he let me pray for him when he got down there, which was an incredible breakthrough uh, for this guy who's flicking off the church. He was, obviously has been hurt by them or something. And I used to do that kind of stuff all the time. I picked people up. I'd take them to Hardee's. Um, which is like a fast food joint, and I'd buy him food. I'd sit across the table. I led a few different people to Jesus that way, just a few. I remember one time I got so stirred up that, that people weren't doing enough for the lost. I, I didn't understand honor, and I, and I thought to myself, um, this is not a good idea, by the way, but I was zealous, and God saw my heart. Um, and I stirred myself up, and I memorized the Romans road for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. You know, and, and the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, then you shall be saved. I memorized that. And I decided I'm going to, the, the people, where, where the most people in Newport News, Virginia are, is at Super Walmart. And I went to Super Walmart, and I got up on a bench, got my nerves up. And I preached that Romans road, and that and that manager was sitting there in my ear saying the whole time, "Sir, sir, sir, we're so glad of your religious convictions, but you can't do that." And that poor lady, I completely ignored her, and 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 began and kept sharing. I said, "And if you want to be saved, meet me at the door," because I saw she's like calling the cops, you know, and. Uh, and I ran over to the door, you know, and, and three people came to me. They were already Christians, you know, to encourage me. We would say, thank you for what you're doing, you know. Nobody got saved. But I was, listen, <laughs> I, I don't know if people got saved or not because I split because I didn't want to get arrested again, you know, because I had already had a record, you know. And, uh, but here's the thing. At that point, I was just being faithful what had been given to me. God rapidly accelerated me in my Christian walk. Within two years, I was already leading leaders. I was already seeing signs and wonders. I was seeing multiple people get healed all over the world. Part of it had to do with honor. 
I learned a, a lesson about honor, that if you honor those who go before you, then their victories become your victories, and you can start at their ceiling. Their ceiling is your floor. That's a key. Sometimes God hides anointing and hides things in, in the most, in the, in the most in, in for, he hides them for you in vessels that you'd never think that they'd be. And the only way to find them is through honor. I, I do believe that if, if, if young people would visit old folks' homes and just sit and listen to their stories, that there's an impartation that God has hidden inside of them for you that will take you to the next level. Sometimes we just go to the evangelistic meetings and we hold out our hands and we're asked for more. But if you just go to the old folks' home and you listen in and you ask them, tell me stories, what have you seen in your life? Tell me your most powerful encounter that you've ever had with God. Can you tell me the first time that you were baptized in the Holy Spirit? You'll find old people that were in revival meetings with Amy Simple McPherson and, and uh, you know, their dad or whatever, and they're carrying something. They're getting ready to die, but God doesn't want them to die with that anointing, and it's there for you if you'll just honor them. So that's one thing. And the other reason that I think I've accelerated in my growth as a, as a believer is because I'm faithful with what God's given me along the journey. <coughs> Not long after that. <coughs> Not long after that, I um trying to de- decide which area to, to share these different stories. I was hungry to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because I had a friend that came to our Baptist church and he had been saved in revival culture at a Jubilee church in California. And he began to tell stories. And when he began to tell stories and testimonies, my hands began to tingle all over the place like, like, like somebody put electricity in them. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, what you once despise, I'm going to use to bring healing all over the world. Because when I was little, because I had dry skin, I would sit on my hands on the bus. Because how many people know on the bus, like it's like your mama jokes, it's every kind of joke that you could imagine, you know. And it was that, that was the culture on the school bus. And so I didn't want my hands to be the object of somebody's jokes. And uh, so I would sit on my hands. And the Lord said, what you once despise, I'm going to used to bring healing all over the world, which is happening now. Um, But my friend Sean, I think he was scared that he'd get kicked out of our Baptist church if he prayed for me to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, So he would tell me stories, but he would never pray for me and never tell me too much. He told me enough to make me hungry. And I remember I was seeking God in my condo, my mom's condo, right before I went to YOM, And uh, there was no music. She had just moved in. There was hardly, I don't even think there was electricity. I'm not sure. Yeah, there was electricity, but there was no no music, no none of that kind of stuff. And I walked in, and I was just hungry for the Holy Spirit. And I began to sing a new song. How many people know what I'm talking about? You just begin to sing the song of your heart, whatever the thoughts that you have. You just begin to sing those thoughts. You sing your prayer to God. And I began to sing this new song. And as I began to sing this new song, the next thing I know, I wake up, and I'm on the floor. And I'm singing in another language. I'm singing in other syllables. Now, no, I don't really know anything about tongues because I'm going to a Baptist church. I've never been taught any of this kind of stuff. So I don't know what's happening to me. All I know is I'm on the floor and I'm singing in what sounds like another language and all these other syllables. And there's this presence over me and I can't get up off the floor. 
And so finally, I dragged myself up off the floor. I thought I was maybe on the floor for 20 minutes. And I look over at the clock, and it's been two hours. And I get myself up on the, on the, and the presence of God was so strong. And I sit myself on a, on a chair, and, and I hear the Father say, in, my, in, the, in the inner voice, I hear him say this. He says so clearly to me, son, I'm proud of you. Keep going. And I, I, I lost it, man. Just to hear, like even now, just to hear the Father call me son. And then to say he's proud of me. And then to say I'm going in the right direction when I'm getting ready to go to YWAM. And it, and it wrecked me. It just wrecked me. That was by myself in the secret place. Not long after that, I go to YWAM. I go through my DTS, had all kinds of great, crazy encounters. During this time, I'm going to the streets, and I'm still being faithful with, with what's been given to me. I'm seeing a few people healed every now and then. I see more people getting saved. I'm starting to, I've learned now how to hear God's voice because YWAM is, is that really you, God? They teach you how to hear God's voice, which is simply, the prophetic simplified is hearing God's voice. Um, and so they taught me how to hear God's voice. So I'm starting to move in a little bit of prophecy on the streets, which is, getting people saved. Um, and then I, I felt like God says, this is a season of divine appointments. And I meet a man named Sean Smith. And he's an evangelist from California. He's a black guy. He ministers at Jesus Culture or whatnot now. But I didn't know that at the time. I just went to this small little town in Auburn. I led a group down there. And we were helping to advertise for an outreach, like a crusade outreach that was right before the 4th of July and handing out flyers all over this place to say, hey, come to the crusade. They only ended up having like 20 or 30 people come to the crusade or whatnot. But we're handing out these flyers to all these people. And as I'm at the church tent, right across the street, there's another tent. It's a psychic tent. And I watched this girl walk into the psychic tent to have her palms read and all that kind of stuff, her fortune told. And instantly my heart just Within me, I just felt like God's love for this girl. This girl's spiritually hungry. She's seeking for some kind of something real. And I said, I'm going to intercept this girl when she comes out of this tent. And I'm going to give her a word from the Lord since she's hungry. And she can compare the two. And so I'm waiting, waiting, waiting outside of this tent. And all of a sudden, because as soon as I had seen, just to back up, as soon as I seen Sean's picture on the flyer, I knew that was a divine appointment for me. I need, I'm going to meet this guy. Something's on this. This guy's carrying something for me. And if I honor him, he's got something to impart to me. And so I'm sitting there waiting for this girl to come out of the tent. And all of a sudden, this guy walks up beside me. And he's just standing there. And I'm thinking it's kind of odd that he's just standing there. And he looks over at me. He's like, what are you doing here? And I say, um, I say I'm waiting for this girl to come out. I believe that God has a word for her. And he says, so am I. Guess who it is? It's Sean Smith. The evangelist is in town. So we're waiting, 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 and this girl never comes out in time for us to have to be at the event. So we had to leave. But she ends up making her way into the event right in the middle of Sean's message, and she was one of two people that got saved at this event. She gets radically born again. Sean gives her a word and all this kind of stuff. Long story short, I go to the back of Sean's uh, vehicle afterwards, and I feel like God says to ask him to pray for me. This is impartation. This is having an encounter through impartation. This is, this is what I'm talking about. First one, I'm by myself. This one, I'm in a gathering uh, at an outdoor crusade, and a guy prays for me. Um, doesn't matter how it happens. Encounter is an encounter. Um, so I say, hey, will you pray for me? He says, yeah, just let me finish selling the CD. He's selling CDs out of the back, like DVDs and teachings out of the back of his car. 
And he's like, let my son pray for you first. His son's like 13 at the time. His name's Brandon. By, by the way, this is a cool story. and I'll, It's just such a cool story. I can't talk about Brandon without talking about it. But he led his entire basketball team to Jesus in high school. And you know why? Because he decided that he was going to be a virgin. Every, all of the basketball team, if you've been in sports and you know that the locker room can be a pretty volatile place, especially for guys who are virgins. Um, you know, you could be the object of ridicule. You're not a man, all this kind of stuff. But, it, but, but Brandon was proud of being a virgin because of his Christian beliefs, and he made a stand for it. And because of that, he ended up leading his entire basketball team to Jesus. Which, if you know that, and, and I don't know about how it is here, but I'm pretty sure it's probably the same way. Those guys are the most popular guys in all the high school, and so there was actually a move of God that happened through his high school, all because he decided to be a virgin on purpose. If you're, if you're, if you're a virgin in here and, um, and you're in high school or something like that, take that as a prophetic word for yourself and stay pure. And if you're not, and now you've decided that you're going to be that, you, every single day, remain pure. It's a victory. It's a victory. It's a victory. You have something that you can give to your husband down the road that's of value because every day you're protecting that purity. I believe that's prophetic tonight for somebody in here. Maybe you've been struggling with that. No guilt, no shame. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, and he wants to release a grace to you to walk in supernatural purity that you can only walk in by his grace so that you have something of value to give to your, to your husband or to your wife at some point that you fought for. Every single day it's a battle because you can, you can give that away to anybody. It's a battle. There's, there, there, we have a sex drive. The moment that God said, be faithful, be, be fruitful and multiply, in that moment, he gave us a sex drive. It's a good thing. It's his idea. We have a sex drive before we're married because he wants us to have something of value to give. Not just on our wedding day, but how many people know that I have something of value to give to my wife every single night? Every single night, I kept myself pure in my mind and my thoughts every single night. Even though I saw all these different beautiful women and all these different things, I decided I choose you every day, and I have something of value to give to her every night. She has something valuable to give to me. Sometimes vision gives pain a purpose. But all the time, vision gives pain a purpose. And that's why I'm communicating that. I'm kind of going off on this rabbit trail. I I feel like it's prophetic for some people in here. Um, So hopefully that helps you. Back to the story. Brandon prays for me in a gravel parking lot in a little town called Auburn. Brandon's praying for me. I feel that this is the presence of God, just this normal presence of God. And I have my eyes closed. And then I feel this big hand on my chest and on my back. And it's Sean Smith. And he begins to pray in tongues over me. And bam, I go down in the crush and run gravel in, in the middle of this parking lot. And, you know, I, I had just gone, like, I, I don't really know a whole lot about being knocked down by God or anything like that. And um, I'm thinking, like, maybe they pushed me over uh, because it wasn't like this rushing wind or, like, this power that came over me. It's next, next thing I know, I'm in the gravel. And uh, so I get up, and I put my feet like this, and I say, now that ain't going to happen to me again, you know. And so I put my feet like this, and I, and I put my hands out. And uh, they begin to pray for me again, and bam, I go down again. I had no control of it, I, I, and I fall in this uh, chair they had put, had put behind me without me knowing it. 
like, I'm not feeling electricity. I'm not feeling like some of the stuff that other people feel like. I'm just, I just, I'm down in that chair. After that, I go back to the streets of Chico. What I didn't know is that years and years prior, maybe 10 years prior, Sean Smith started an evangelism outreach to Chico State University, which is where my YWAM base was, which is where I was going to the streets every Friday night. He had an impartation to impart to me in that time. And I had this encounter, and from that time forward, I started seeing a significant increase in healing, miracles, and signs and wonders on the streets, and accuracy in words of knowledge. But you know the only way that I found that out? By being faithful what had been given to me. I have a sense that you've been given way more than what you realize. I have a sense that this gathering has been given way more than what we realize. I have a sense that if, that if, you'll, if you'll make a commitment to step across the chicken line in everyday life and begin to activate what's been given to you, then you're going to realize you've already been given more than you realize, and it's going to position you to receive what you're praying for, which is more. How many people want more? There's got to be more. If I can get the worship band to come on up, we're just going to begin to minister right now. I feel like just a shift just happened right now. And um, I believe that God wants to minister to our heart. Sometimes he can minister um, just through a word. And I believe that he's going to begin, he's going to continue to speak on this word to you throughout this week um, about being faithful and how, what that looks like to you. Um, but I also believe that if the gospel is preached without demonstration, the full gospel hasn't been preached. The Apostle Paul said, I didn't come to you with persuasive words of wisdom, but I came to you in demonstration of power. Jesus Christ never preached about the kingdom of God and, didn't, uh, and then uh, didn't uh, demonstrate it. Never. He always preached the kingdom and then you see him healing the sick. Every time. You cannot open your Bible and see Jesus preach the gospel and then not heal the sick, cast out demons... Every single time there's a demonstration and it's him that's here. It's his Holy Spirit. It's, not, it's, it's The reason I'm confident that he wants to heal people all over this room is because I know that as we gather, as we're here, that he's here in our midst. And there's some people in this room, you've never been saved before. You've, you've heard me say the gospel, the Romans road, and that is true, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but it's the gift of God, is Christ Jesus. He sent his son because he loved you. He loved you just because he loves you, 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 just because he loves you. You can't do anything about it. He just loves you. He created you to love you. You were meant to be loved. You were born to be loved. And you've never heard this good news that the God of the universe actually he is love. He doesn't just choose to love you. He is love. He loves you. And maybe, you, maybe you've got saved before, but you didn't really realize what I'm talking about. You didn't realize that there was a relationship to be had with Jesus. You were like me when I got saved at 11 years old. I thought it was just my ticket to heaven. You didn't realize that there was a day-by-day-by-day relationship to be had with the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, tonight is a night that you can be saved. If you've never given your life to Jesus, tonight is the night to give your life to Jesus. And we'll have an opportunity for that. Do you have a ministry team that ministers here at the end? Yeah, there, there'll be people here that will, that will love to minister to you. And um, make sure that you let somebody know that you want to make that decision to give your life to Jesus.
I don't believe it's in a prayer. I believe it's in your heart that you believe and that you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And in that moment you're saved. But nobody can qualify what's happening in your heart. If God is moving on your heart, if the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart, and you know that you need to recommit your life to Jesus and follow him, then, then, then let somebody know. Speak it out of your mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tonight's the night for salvation for you. God wants to heal people in this room. Did anybody get freedom during the worship set? Who, who was that speaking to with the black crowd? I saw your hand in the back. The black crowd. Did anybody else, you had like that depression thing going on? And God touched your life. Thank you for your for your courage. Anybody else? Yeah. One, two, three. Anybody else? That depression thing. Just raise your hand until I see you. Listen, it's important for you to testify what God's doing in your life. Because the, the, the testimony of Jesus, I saw your hand. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And your breakthrough might be the prophetic thing that helps somebody else to break through. Have the courage to break through. So never hold back what God's doing in your life because of fear, because of what people will think. Your breakthrough might be the very thing. And if you actually were under depression, then you have compassion for other people that would be in depression. Your breakthrough could be their breakthrough. So make sure you testify. Thank you. I believe for these people that you've had that black cloud of depression, that hopelessness, that if you make a determination that you're not only tonight, but that you will praise God every single day, not whether you feel like it or not, you're not a hypocrite when you praise God if you don't feel like it. Actually, it's more, in, in some ways, I think it's more powerful. You activate self-control by the Spirit, and you praise Him because He's worthy, not because you feel like it or don't feel like it. He's worthy because He's your Savior. He's worthy because He is God. He's worthy. When you worship Him, you're not worshiping Him because He needs it. You're worshiping Him because you need it. You need to lift up your head and look at Him because you become who you look at. As you lift up your head and as you worship Him, you begin to get a different perspective and you realize that the victory's already been won for you. You have nothing to be discouraged about. Not life, nor death, nor angel, nor principality. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not finances, not a lack of finances. Nobody, nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's the good news. You have everything that you need in Jesus Christ. And as you begin to worship him, your perspective begins to change. And depression has no place for you because you're living from heavenly places. You're living from authority. And at that time, if you begin to praise him, even when you don't feel like it, when those feelings, when those hopeless things start coming to you, if you begin to praise him, he'll begin to speak to you and you'll feel your spirits lift. And then you'll have something to give away. Because every breakthrough that you have, if you break through in the area of depression, you now have authority over depression. And you can impart that very victory to other people who are in depression. And guess what that looks like? That looks like heaven coming to earth. That looks like the kingdom coming through you because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. That's the word from God. This morning, this morning I was praying with Gabe, and I felt like God wanted to set people free from anxiety. There's people in here, you deal with such bad anxiety that it actually twists up your guts. Like, you have problems in your guts. You have problems with your intestines. You, you, you don't have um, normal, normal bowel movements. Like, there's just problems with your digestive system. Um, 
If that's you, I believe that God wants to set you free from anxiety. And the tool he's going to give you to sustain the healing that he's going to start tonight is Thanksgiving. I believe that we can pray for you tonight and that you can see the stomach pain go. You can see an immediate uh, improvement. But to steward and keep your healing, you're going to have to create a lifestyle of Thanksgiving. It's not earning your salvation. It's just the key to the Bible. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in all things with Thanksgiving, make requests be made known to the God of peace. And he will guard your heart and your mind. The God of peace himself will guard your heart and your mind if you're thankful. It's one way to, to eliminate anxiety in your life. has no place in your life anymore. If that's you, anybody in here that deals with anxiety, go ahead and raise your hand. There's people all over the room raising your hand. Thank you for your courage. I believe that the Holy Spirit, just turn your affection to him right now. Turn your affection to him right now. God, the Holy Spirit, he's going to come upon you and you're going to begin to feel his presence. Right now, I just pray that they would taste and see that you're good. They would only know you in their mind, but they would taste and see that you're good. So, Holy Spirit, we just say, come, 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 come. Freedom, 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 freedom. Come, Holy Spirit. Ha, ha, ha. bunch of words of knowledge if any of these are you go ahead and stand to your feet headache between your eyes you have intense pressure right between your eyes goes down into this this area of your sinus this tense intense intense pressure i think it has to do with stress might have to do with a sinus infection but just intense pressure who is that go ahead and stand to your feet Anybody else that has that, go ahead and stand to your feet. Triceps. If you have problems with your triceps, and then as well right here, I just felt right here, that muscle right there, if that's you, go ahead and stand to your feet. That's you. Yeah, well, that's a lot of people that's out. Wow. Neck, neck pain. If you have problems in your neck, stiff neck, neck pain, go ahead and stand to your feet. Headache that might start in your neck, you have neck pain. Go ahead and stand your feet. I feel like somebody, you might have had a car accident and you've had complications in your neck ever since you had that car accident. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Acid indigestion. Somebody you have intense acid indigestion consistently. You have this acid indigestion. You have hiccups all the time. You burp. It's just, it's, it's, it's gross. Like it feels gross. You're like you have bad acid indigestion. If that's you, go ahead and stand up. Left ear, inner ear, inner ear on your left ear. I've already said right ear. If you have a problem in your left ear as well, inner ear, go ahead and stand up. Hip flexor. If you have a problem in your hip flexor or in your groin area, anywhere in your groin area, especially your left hip flexor, if that's you, go ahead and stand up to your feet. I believe God wants to heal you. Right Achilles tendon. Anybody have a right Achilles tendon injury? Either in the past you might have had surgery or I don't know what it is, but right Achilles tendon and it hasn't healed completely. God wants to restore that, make all things new. Jesus it says that he makes all things new, not some things, all things new. If you have body parts that do not function correctly because of damage, he makes all things new, all things new, all things, not some things, all things. That's the gospel. 
you have problems in, in, with infertility, you're, you try to get pregnant and you haven't been able to get pregnant or you get pregnant and you, and you lose babies when you get pregnant. There's a, if you have problems carrying a child or if you have problems with infertility, uh, I believe that there's a guy and a woman, at least one guy and at least one woman um, that you know that, there's, there's, that the doctors have said you'll never be able to have kids. Uh, or uh, your experience has said you've tried to have kids and you weren't able to have kids. I have a few testimonies. One testimony is my my sister-in-law. She got pregnant. Uh, they weren't they weren't planning. She would have got pregnant the, the moment that she got married. She would have got pregnant because her biggest dream was being a mom. And uh, my my fa- my my brother-in-law, just like a lot of us, wanted to just wait a couple years and be married before they had kids and. So they waited, and then they surprised pregnancy. They had a, they had a part to play in that. Um, but they got pregnant, and they're excited about being pregnant. They're excited um, only to about a month later lose the baby. And she was shattered, shattered. They were both shattered. And so from that moment, they tried having kids again, again, again. They tried, 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 tried. They couldn't get pregnant again. And they were being heartbroken about it. In the meantime, in the intern, my wife and I get married. We go to Mexico. We come back from Mexico. And um, they invite us over for fondue to talk about our honeymoon and just how, how was it. So we're, as soon as we sit down at the dinner table, and this doesn't happen to me very often, I sit down at the dinner table and I go into this open vision in my mind's eye. I go into this, like, this vision in my mind's eye is a more accurate way to say it. And um, I meet what's going to be my nephew. He's about four years old. He's got curly blonde hair. And I have this conversation with him. I can't remember what I talked about, but I have this conversation with him. And, I, and then, boom, I'm back at the table. And the Lord says, they're going to have a son, and he's going to bring a lot of joy into their marriage. And uh, I say, well, that's cool, and I'm going to keep it to myself because I don't typically prophesy babies and that kind of stuff, you know, especially in this situation. And so I'm going to keep it to myself. Um, and then they bring out the dessert fondue. And as the dessert fondue comes out, the Lord speaks to me in such a way that I don't have time to argue with him. Like he speaks that, like with this authority. And, and he's like, tell him now. And he says like, now. And I'm like, all right. And I'm like, hey, Whitney, um, I just, I saw a picture of your son. I feel like God says that you're going to have a son. He's going to bring a lot of joy into your marriage. And the moment that I said that, the power of God fell into the into our kitchen. There was people that were there that didn't know anything about their situation. Everybody begins to hysterically cry. Like the ugly cry. Who knows what I'm talking about? Like I'm talking like snot and just face contorted. Like, And it lasts intense, like 15 seconds. And then I don't know whether it's embarrassment or what, but about 15 seconds that is. And then everybody hysterically starts laughing for like 15 seconds, just laughing at each other probably, I don't know, and uh, and then it was over, and it was super awkward, nobody talked about it again, two weeks later, we get a call from them, and they're like, hey, we're pregnant, they were pregnant at that time, they just didn't know it yet, and my brother kind of jokingly, but not jokingly says, well, we'll see if you're right or not, if it's a boy. And I have no idea why I said this. I begin to say this, and it's like you're trying to catch your words coming out of your mouth. I said, he will be a boy, and not only that, but he'll be born on my birthday. And I'm like hearing myself talk, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. 
Sure enough, my sister-in-law, by the way, she's like, he better not be. That'll make him like 17 days late. Sure enough, January the 27th comes around, and my nephew, Case Ryan Hart, was born January the 27th. I share that testimony because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. God said, be fruitful and multiply. With that, that's his command. So we command your body to come into line with the commandment of God to be fruitful and multiply. And I release fresh hope to you in Jesus' name. Depression, anxiety, hopelessness, go. I just breathe fresh hope on you. If that's you, make sure you tell somebody uh, what God's doing. Just um, had another story where I got a word about endometriosis. Um, I, I thought that was like a dinosaur or something. I had no idea what that was. But I'm in pre-prayer service at a meeting in Ohio, and I feel like God says, endometriosis, this thing pops into my mind. And here I am, I'm thinking, oh, man, I got to say this. There could be a doctor in the room, and, and if I'm wrong, he can come up and tell me that's not even a disease and all this kind of stuff. And so I say, I'm, I'm ministering. I share all my words of knowledge. I'm trying to avoid the endometriosis word, you know. And I get ready to speak, and I, can't, I forget everything I'm going to speak. And the Lord says, I want you to give the endometriosis word. And I'm like, all right. Hey, God wants to heal somebody endometriosis before I get going. And this lady jumps up. She's right on the right side. She's like, wow! She's like screaming. She's like, during the worship time, I felt like God said that he was healing me of endometriosis. Now, this lady... She wanted to, she loved kids so much. She volunteered in the nursery for like year after year after year after year, and she couldn't get pregnant. And she's at worship, and how many times has she been prayed for in this church? Probably thousands of times. She had the opportunity to be completely hopeless, and during the worship, she hears God say, I'm healing you of endometriosis, but she doesn't know whether she believes that it actually happened or not. And I get to release this word of knowledge that I know something about her that I couldn't have known unless Jesus revealed it to me. And it confirms it. And I say, well, we don't even have to pray for you. Just surround her right now and thank God for healing her. Guess what? I find out a month later, this lady is pregnant. It's like eight years of not being pregnant. There's hope. I release there's hope. There's hope. Any infertility issues, I believe God wants to heal you tonight. I saw a disc, and I was going to say moving into place, but I felt like God told me to cross out the word moving and put shifting. Something shifting with your disc in your back. Something is shifting. I believe you had a car accident. You had some kind of traumatic accident, and you've had prayer multiple times, but you just... God's healing you tonight. If that's you, go ahead and stand to your feet. If you need, if you need, if that's not you, if it's not a car accident, but you do have some discs in your back that are out of place, uh, go ahead and stand to your feet. That's you over here. Come on, God wants to heal you guys. Some people are just getting the whole meal deal tonight. They're standing and they're getting multiple words. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, you're just good. Spinal diffida, if you have that or something to that effect, uh, go ahead and stand to your feet. Ankle. Somebody, you have a problems in your ankle, and it pops. You go to turn it. Like, if you if you were to turn it like this, it would pop, 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 pop. That's you. Go ahead and stand to your feet or wave to me. Anybody in here that's you? That's you? Come on. The whole meal deal for you tonight. Anybody else? Just uh, pop, pop, pop your ankle. Something's wrong with your ankle. Go ahead and stand up. 
and dental miracles. If you need a dental miracle, go ahead and stand to your feet tonight. If you if you have cavities, if you need a dental miracle, I believe that God wants to heal you. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do this a little differently tonight. There's a lot of people that are standing. Um, the worship band's gonna begin to um, gonna begin to pre- gonna begin to play. And as they begin to pray, I want the first I don't know two or three minutes everybody just to worship God. If you're sitting down, please remain seated so that we can make sure that the people that are standing up remain standing up. Um, If you have a different problem in your life, uh, if you have pain, if you have cancer, if you have any kind of thing that you've been pressing in for a miracle, feel free to stand up right now. You don't need a word of knowledge to get healed. God wants to heal everyone, like I said. Um, Right now, that's your word of knowledge. If you have pain at all and you and you need to be healed, or if you have a problem, a disease, anything, and I didn't call it out, go ahead and stand up to your feet right now. If you don't, just remain seating. You're going to be the ministry team tonight. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit that lives in you. God, God, is this all right that we do it this way? Is that good? Um, it's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you that does the healing. It has, don't disqualify yourself. You might not be the best healer, but your best friend is. And he's with you. You'll never see you'll never see a person get healed if you don't pray for any sick people. Now's your opportunity. Church is supposed to be our practice ground. If we can't pray for the sick and heal, we'll never pray for the sick out there. And we're supposed to be praying for the sick out there. This is where we practice. Amen? Come on. So what I want to do is I want to take the first two to three, four minutes just to worship God all together. If you're sitting down, remain sitting. If you're standing up, turn your affection to him. Don't beg God for your healing as if you as if you want to be healed more than he wants to heal you. That's like saying you have more compassion than he does, which is ridiculous. We don't have to beg God for healing. He's already made provision for it. We just need to turn our affection to him and start to raise our perspective, raise our understanding, allow the Holy Spirit to change the way that we think. After about three or four minutes, if you're sitting down, would you make your way to somebody standing up, ask them what the problem is, and just ask them if it's okay to lay your hands on them and pray for them. And I believe that God wants to heal people through you tonight. And here's the thing. I don't know if we have enough time for this. Typically, I like to have a time for testimonies afterwards to see what God's doing in the room. If you get healed, go ahead and just go, woo, yeah. Like, make some noise so that we know that you're being healed. And what I'd love for you to do is write resurgence. Write the, go to the website, find their web, find an email, and write them and tell them your testimony. And I know that Travis will steward testimonies well. And your testimony might be the prophetic word for somebody that has the same condition that you do to be healed. And so make sure you write them. God's going to heal people all over this room through just the ordinary, everyday believer. How many people know that the leaders in the church, the five-fold ministry, their job, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastors, the leaders in the church, their job is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. But it's the saints that do the work of ministry. The kingdom is going to come when the everyday saint realizes that you're a minister. 
at your job. You're a minister at the gas station. You're a minister in the grocery store. That's one thing I believe that God wanted to do tonight is he wanted, he wanted there to be a great activation. The harvest is truly plentiful. It's white for harvest, but the harvesters are few. And I believe that God wants to commission this entire room to be harvesters. Yeah, you, 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 every single one of you. God wants you, not somebody else, to become a harvester, to see people get saved, to see people get healed. He wants to minister through your life. Tonight, you've been given a message. You're getting an, an encounter through worship. You're, you can get an encounter tonight in your bedroom by yourself. And tomorrow, what are you going to do with your encounter? What are you going to do with what's already been given to you? Because if you begin to utilize that, you're going to begin to get more and more and more. Because it's God's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. It's his good pleasure to answer your prayer, whatever you're asking for. So let's just worship God and uh, let's get healed up. Amen? Come on. So about three or four minutes, just make your way around and start praying for people.
I thank you. I thank you that she is a model of someone that just hears your voice. And God is going out and she's just declaring what she hears and going. And so God, I pray now for the rest of her journey, whatever that looks like, to be open doors. And I pray, God, for encounters. God, encounters with you, dreams and visions. And God, every need that, God, just the things that are sabbatical where, God, you healed her heart from. Things of years of ministry, God, I thank you that this is life-giving season, a life-giving time for her. And God, she is praying and interceding, but she's also receiving so much. We pray, God, just a blessing over her. God, that even what's on us tonight, what's here tonight, will be on her as she needs. And God, that what's on her, we receive what you're doing in her tonight. And that we would receive that as a community. And then, God, I thank you for her heart for prayer and to intercede. God, that we be people like her that, 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 just, that just follow you train when you say get on a train and God would you instill that in us tonight and inspire us God to, to be people of God that do that to get on a train when you say get on a train and go there when you say go God we just we ask for that tonight that same kind of faith yeah. thank you Lord um, I just want to honor you I don't even know your name and I'm looking at your back Hi, Sophie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> from behind. Um, but I just, yeah, Sophie, I just want to honor you. God, I thank you that, that you call pioneers to go forth and to break ground. And right now, we just want to take a moment to just stop and to honor Sophie. Thank you for the ground that you have have broken with your hands with your with your, your prayers with your with your tears we are a testament of those things we've we have reaped the benefit of what you have sown and that humbles me a lot and so I just want to honor you I just want to honor you say thank you those things have not been forgotten or lost it's an investment it's a deposit into the kingdom of heaven and you are rich and we are rich for your obedience so I honor that thank you God and there's just so much more there's just so much more. So God, even now, Father, I pray that you would even just give her um, new territory, unchartered territory, God, as she hops on that train and does her thing, God, that there's just that, that adventure and joy and excitement of exploring what you have in store for her, God. And what that does to just shift the atmosphere of Canada. Oh, man, that's so good. Come on, ride the train. Woop, woop. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So just, yeah. I mean, we just, oh, man, the places that you're going to go, the things that you're going to see. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. We pray. Bless them. In Jesus' name. Amen.
good. His name? Uh, we have popcorn. Uh, popcorn's good too. And uh, and I know that wasn't the best segue, but um, it's okay. I see many of you eating it, and you have no problem eating it. So um, enjoy that, and just enjoy community. And if you want to sign up for anything, you get any more info. God is so good. Again, love to hear what God has done. So email us, info at liveresurgence.com. Uh, even if he's done, he's starting to do something, uh, testify. Give thanksgiving. Uh, let's, we'd love to hear it and uh, to know what he's up to. And, and love for you to kind of keep connecting with us. So if we don't know you, come introduce yourself. want to meet you and have a lovely evening.